Gonna open recapping my week with attending a historic event, which, if you listen to the show, I'm pretty sure you'll have a crack at guessing. Also, the government is facing another looming lockdown battle. We're gonna talk about kicking the can down the road. All this and a little more is coming up, so get ready and tighten your seatbelts. Friday, February 9th, 2018, and guys, it is another week of the Fritzcast, and well, let's just open up with uh, how I was, about how I was right, about how I was right all this year long. I was right, the Philadelphia Eagles were going to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl through much trial and tribulation, my God, uh, Sunday, when the game happened. Uh, I was on the edge of my seat. My personal friends know my reaction because I I filmed my final th- that final minute of play or so. I was there and I was on the edge of my seat. And in fact, you know what? Here's the audio of my reaction. Record-breaking Super Bowl this year. Oh yeah, definitely. Brady's back. Oh! Oh! oh come on! Come on! Come on! Anybody, uh, anybody appreciate the Han Solo? Woo-hoo! At the end, like my voice is still cracked from from that. Uh, to say that I was ecstatic, to say that I was on the edge of my seat, to say that I was pumped the entire time, and that my heart was racing probably from three o'clock in the afternoon all the way up until ten thirty at night when when that final play happened would be an understatement. My God, I was so excited. I was so elated. Uh, I was so, I mean, think about this. All right, I've been an Eagles fan all my life. I'm 28 years old. I remember the Eagles being the almosts, but not quite. Uh, I remember the Andy Reid years. I remember watching in the 2000s, watching uh, a team of Donovan McNabb and Brian Westbrook and Brian Dawkins and Jeremiah Trotter and Ike Reese and some, some crazy names at wide receiver like Freddie Mitchell and uh, Todd Pinkston. And uh, my God, my God, it was uh, it was aggravating to be an Eagles fan for a long, long time, and a lot longer for other people than me. A lot longer than than I had to suffer through. But I remember Super Bowl Thirty Nine against the Patriots the first time, and the Patriots won by uh, a field goal. And 
Donovan McNabb threw an interception that sealed the deal, and that was, you know, it was it was so we were there, we were in the Super Bowl. That was awesome to watch the Super Bowl, but losing it stung. I don't care what most Eagles fans say. We we ended up thinking about it and looking back in retrospect, and it just stings. We never had this. We never had this, and then we were so perseverant this year. We had a lot of perseverance this year, and even though the injury bug bit the team so bad, up and down, so many key players, we persisted, and we won the Super Bowl. And just just as I imagined, everybody after that said, you know, well, let me pump the brakes. Most people congratulated me as an Eagles fan. Most people did. Now they're all reverting back to, yeah, but how many rings do you have? And it's funny because we're we're the Super Bowl champions right now. Right now we're the Super Bowl champions. We we cracked a 52-year streak of not winning the championship in the NFL. We snapped it. And it was so sweet to watch. This is the first, this is what people don't understand, this first Super Bowl ever that the Eagles won. The first one ever. If you're a diehard Eagles fan like I am and like so many other people are, this is historic to us. This is I'm going to be able to down the line when I have kids and I teach them the ways of the football and all that and grow and 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 train them the right way, teach them the right way. Bring them up the right way in being good Eagles fans. I'm going to be able to tell them, you know what, when they first won the Super Bowl, Daddy was there. I watched them win the Super Bowl. And then I went to the Super Bowl parade. And that's what I did just yesterday. The Super Bowl parade was yesterday in Philadelphia. I was there on Broad Street, lined up, not first behind the guardrail, but second layer behind the guardrail, and watched the buses and the big parade down the street. And it was nuts. It was nuts. There's not even an official estimate of how many people were there. But there was handedly more people there than when the Phillies went on their parade back in 2008 for the World Series. Handedly more. And that was a parade of roughly 2 million people. This one had to have been double that, almost. They estimated that 4 million people or more were going to be at this parade. And I can tell you, there was a lot of people at this parade. There was masses of crowds lined up all up and down Broad Street at the beginning of the sports complex where the parade began and even more at the steps of the art museum. Now, not to drag this out and make this all eagerly and football-y for you guys, but one of the greatest speeches ever was given at the... Art Museum Steps by Jason Kelsey, Center Jason Kelsey. You're going to hear part of it right now. So proud to represent this group, this city, and this organization. Thank the you very much. Doug Peterson talking there. can really describe what is going on here today. Nick Foles here. I've never seen so many people in one spot celebrating in unity one thing. To be a part of the Philadelphia Eagles, to be a part of these guys, it's one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life. It is an honor for us to bring you all to the Super Bowl. We finally did it. We're Super Bowl champs. Center of the football universe. Let me this hear is Chris Long. Chris Long and Lane Johnson. Hey, we want to break a world record. 
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles chant of all time, Lane, kick it off, baby. A one, a two, a three, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! Let me tell you something, if you like the way this feels and you want to start feeling it more often, give me a hell yeah! Hell yeah! From the moment I got here, I knew this was a special place. Carson special Wentz. locker room, a special organization, special coaching, and some seriously special fans. And I knew it wouldn't take long until we were standing up here, and here we are today as world champions. The last thing I gotta say is I hope y'all can get used to this. Hey, we're world champions, and I promise this ain't gonna be the last time we're partying on Broad Street. Let's go! Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, and here comes the here comes the bombshell, Jason Kelsey. Jason Peters was told he was too old, didn't have it anymore. Before he got hurt, he was the best freaking tackle in the NFL. Big B was told he didn't have it. Stephen Wisniewski ain't good enough. Jason Kelsey's too small. Lake Johnson can't lay off the juice. Brandon Brooks has anxiety. Didn't go to a Division One school. Nick Foles don't got it. Boy, Clement's too slow. The airplane ain't got it anymore. Jay and John can't stay healthy. Tory Smith can't catch. Nelson Aguilar can't catch. Zach Gers can't block. Brett Selleck's too old. Brandon Graham was drafted too high. Vinny Curry ain't got it. Bo Allen can't fit the scheme. underdogs and you know what underdogs is it's a hungry dog and jeff stalin has had this in our building for five years it's a quote in the o-line room that has stood on the wall for the last five years hungry dogs run faster and that's this team bottom line is we wanted it more all the players all the coaches the front office jeffrey lurie everybody wanted it more and that's why we're up here today, and that's why we're the first team in Eagles history to hold that freaking trophy. And if I may, Jason Kelsey's is probably the most epic championship speech of all time that I ever heard. Um, everybody says it blows Chase Utley's out of the water. And it does, and you have to, you literally have to go on YouTube and look up the full one, unedited. I mean, yes, he does drop a lot of F-bombs, but this dude's passionate, man. He's wearing a Mummers outfit from a 2008 Mummers parade. He's decked out in this in this just goofy, and they were all having fun, and it was a great time. Historic event. Historic for me to say that I was there, and I saw it. All right? The only thing I got from it is a sign that says champs and eagles on it, um, but still worth it. And it wasn't that much of a hassle to get into the city and see it. It was getting out that was the issue. My God, it was historic. I've probably overloaded a lot of you with football talk. Just be happy for me, damn it. Just be happy, all right? You can't take this away from me. You cannot take this away from me. And everybody who hates the Eagles, I just wanted to let you know.
us. No one likes us. No one likes us. We don't care. We're the Eagles. Fucking Eagles. No. That was Jason Kelsey. He was running up and down the streets singing with fans. He, th- that guy, that guy likes to party. You know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That guy likes to party. Beers up to Jason Kelsey. Yeah. So that's it. That's it for the Eagles. The, the football season is officially done. It is the off season now. We'll see what comes. But next year, if you think that, that the Eagles are one and done... I hate to break it to you. Next year, we'll see about that. Now, of course, one of the other points I just brought up, and it was just signed this morning by President Donald J. Trump. One of the things that just happened uh, over the course of the past couple of days was another looming government shutdown. And everybody's probably sitting there wondering why are all these shutdowns looming and coming, you know, coming and going. And it has to do with passing budget. All right, it has to do with passing budget, and we talked about this a little bit, I think, either last week or the week before. My brain's a little fried from Eagles hysteria. I'll admit, yeah, I'll admit, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm living life right now, and I'm loving it. All right, I'm drinking a yingling right now, and it is not even 9 a.m. yet, okay? Because I'm still ecstatic. These shutdowns keep happening. And with every shutdown that came and went over the past couple of months, it was overfunding of the government, and it was stopgap little pissant, kick the can down the road, we'll deal with this in a couple weeks so we can keep moving right now. And this is really critical. This is really, if you ask me, and I mean, I'm obviously not an expert. I'm just a guy. I am just a guy, a blue-collar kid, a blue-collar millennial kid trying to make my place in this world, get on good footing, make some money, keep my life stabilized for me and my wife, trying to build a family. You know, that's the extent of my worries, probably. Most people are thinking he's probably worried about his family and all that. I'm worried about this stuff. I'm worried about this stuff because at some point, I hate to burst everybody's bubble. At some point, this is going to come raining down in a very negative way for everybody. It just is. The government can't keep banging a gavel, raising a debt ceiling, spending, 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 never cutting, never taking a step back. This very thing You know, history repeats itself. All you have to do is read a textbook. That's it. In some cases, you don't even need to do that. You can just watch the news and see what's happening in other nations that have been so fiscally irresponsible with their money. And for everybody out there saying money isn't everything. I mean, obviously we don't want money to be everything. And I get that. But for everybody out there saying that it doesn't matter... It matters. It matters in a huge way. It matters in a huge way. The government cannot keep doing this without some severe consequences. And that's the sad thing, for especially for millennials out there listening to me who want to be 
all happy-go-lucky liberal, all happy-go-lucky progressive, and think that when we take over, it's going to be rainbows and butterflies and everybody's going to get a free unicorn and cancer will be eliminated and the world will be such a better place when we take over. This is the same line of thinking that's happened over and over and over again while the current power, the current power that's in place right now does not care about the future that's left for you or for me or for America. They really don't. They're just holding out to keep the status quo until they die, at which point it's not their problem anymore. They're dead. They don't care. They're not going to be around to figure out how things get solved. And it's going to get dumped on our doorstep. And the generation after us is going to look at us and see what we do. And if we do more of the same, they'll the, the next generation, the generation after millennials, is probably going to be the generation that gets it right. Maybe. But this is a pattern. It's an up and down wave. Millennials, we're going to get stiffed. If, if we continue to vote for these people and keep them in power, and if we millennials don't enlighten our own minds and figure out that there's a balance somewhere and we're going to have to figure out how to deal with what we're saddled with. That's what it seems like. That's what it seems like at every turn. The next generation gets saddled with the previous generation while the previous generation says that the, the, that the current generation coming up is the problem. Yet, this is, this is life. This is life. This is life. These are the circumstances. All right, President Trump signed the bill for funding this very morning, in fact. And the House of Representatives voted 240 to 186 against this bill. The bill needed help from House Democrats, and 73 of them gave it. 67 House Republicans voted against this plan. President Donald Trump signed it into deal. Signed it into deal, really? He signed it into law this morning. Uh, It's a colossal bill that I'm sure we could pick apart. It's very hard to pick it off, but this is what I want people to hear first before we talk about all of this. But, I mean, listen listen to some of this stuff real quick. The overall deal does not address immigration which is a key point on Democrats right now. A lot of DACA, a lot of people that fall under DACA are, are angered and protesting and trying to strong-arm the Democrats into what they want while the Republicans are trying to find another plan. All right. Listen to this, though. It increases spending caps by $300 billion. Think about that number. $300 billion. Offering up to $90 billion in disaster relief for hurricane-ravaged Texas, Florida, and Puerto Rico. Obviously, we want to help those places and get that disaster relief and do what can be done for rebuilding in those areas. About $165 billion of this is going to the Pentagon and $131 billion to non-defensive programs. The debt ceiling will be raised by the appropriate amount until March 2019, where, mark my words, it'll probably be raised again. 
Exact spending would be left to the appropriations committees, but included in the funding is $10 billion to invest in infrastructure, $2.9 billion for child care, and $3 billion to combat opioid and substance abuse. The bill also keeps the government running until late March. <laughs> it keeps the government running until late March. Which, guess what? Guess what? That means that it's going to come up again. Here it is. Here's the government offering no real solutions. Just print more money and throw it at the problem. And hope to God that the bubble doesn't burst while you're alive. Kick the can down the road. If anybody thinks that these are actual solutions to America's problems, if anybody thinks that this is what's going to fix America, that this is what's going to solve every single humanitarian crisis going on, if, every, if anybody thinks that, if anybody thinks that, my God, my God, listen to Rand Paul. Anybody ever had less money? This year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency, when countries become profligate spenders, when countries... Begin to believe that debt does not matter. One of the reasons I like Rand Paul is because he will sit there and say, there will be a day of reckoning. He can't tell you when, he can't tell you where, he can't tell you what will happen. But look at history. Right now the government wants to spend money that it doesn't have for everything. And instead of analyzing and cutting and taking away things that are inefficient, arbitrary, I mean, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And wh where is the where are these committees that that look at the efficiency of government spending? Well, they would be run by the government. And what is the government really good at? Justifying need for more money. This society has be become so encumbered with debt and doesn't worry about debt. This society, this is this brought to you by the society of, hey, don't worry about how you're going to pay for college. Uh, we have these great things. This great thing. Fill out your FAFSA form. You can get federal financial aid. We'll give you all the money that you need to go to school. Don't worry about paying it off until because you'll have six months after you graduate. You'll have time to figure out how you're going to pay it all back. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about any of it. Just sign the line. 
and we'll give you the money, and you can go get your degree, which continually every day becomes less and less and less and less valuable. But becomes more and more and more expensive to get. Yet somehow people don't put two and two together on that one. Go out. Don't worry about. Don't worry about how you're going to pay for this. Just take the money. Go to school. Keep the school business afloat. The college business. If you, do, <laughs> it's a business. If you don't think it's a business, then why is it so expensive? Go and do that. Don't worry about it. Maybe you can get some grants and scholarships to offset it so it'll be less debt that you're going into, but you're still going to go into debt. You'll have all your life to pay it off. So don't worry about it. That's our society. Don't worry about how you're going to have to pay it back. Just worry about whether or not you can borrow that much. Now, I'm not against borrowing money and taking on debt. That's something that you can do, but this society is so based on it. You need a car, go into debt. You need a house, go into debt. You need education, go into debt. You need medical care, go into debt. Don't worry about paying it. Don't worry about how you're going to figure that stuff out. You have time for that. Just, Just... Sign the dotted line and take the money. That's what this government's doing. Ah, we don't really know how we're going to pay it back. We don't really know, you know, anything about that. The numbers are so massive. Just take more money. We got an opioid... We have an opioid crisis. Just just throw more money at it and we can figure it out. Because we've done so well in dealing with it up till now. Let's just throw more money at it and we'll figure out... we'll, We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out while we don't even change criminal justice laws that end up putting people in jail who, for lack of better terms, might have been good, honest people that just fell into a trap. There's so many facets of the system that are broken. It it, it makes you wonder, what's going to get everything in line? What's going to make everything right? And I hope everybody realizes it doesn't happen overnight. We can't snap our fingers and... Be in a new America tomorrow. But you know what can happen? Just like Rand Paul said, the day of reckoning can happen, and we will wake up, and we will be in a new America, and it'll be fun trying to get out of the massive hole that everybody will finally realize is there. Because everybody just kind of wants to turn a blind eye and comfortably live in... Status quo world. It's kind of sad, right? It's kind of ridiculous, right? And on top of all that, the soaring stock market when Donald Trump took over as President of the United States, the Dow Jones for the second time yesterday, second time, suffered a four-digit loss. Fell 4.1%, closing at 23,860. NASDAQ only lost 274 points, but that's 3.9% fall. 
and S&P 500 closed with a 100-point loss, 3.75. And all this, all this is um, having investors fearing that unemployment, increasing U.S. growth, and, and rising wages will spur the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates, which would boost the cost of borrowing money. It all trickles back to borrowing more money. So that's what I want people to think about. That's what I want people to have in their brains right now. What are the solutions? I don't know. That's why I'm cutting this episode off right about now, in fact. Because I have some things bookmarked that I need to watch and listen to and research. In regards to something like this, the kicking the can down the road, the the stopgap funding of the government. Because it's not, it, this is going to happen again. This is going to happen in March again. Alright, Rand Paul almost single-handedly caused an eight-hour shutdown last night over this, and some Republicans are fiery at him, but Democrats weren't going to vote for the bill either. At least Nancy Pelosi, who I, I can't believe I'm saying that we were on the same page with Nancy Pelosi for something, but she had urged people, she had urged Democrats not to put in their votes until they saw that it was going to tilt a certain way. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to research that. Keep keep this debt thing in mind. Is debt important? And is is what we're doing right now going to end up bad for us? That's what everybody needs to think about. That's what everybody needs to focus on. Think about that. Focus on that. All right? Guys, thanks for listening this week. I love you all. Please check out my Twitter page, at FritzQS. Facebook.com slash the Fritzcast and Fritzcast.wordpress.com for my blog. I know it's a little short, but I focused on two subjects. The Eagles, which I'm still, now that that's waning down, I mean, I'm still always going to be ecstatic for that. It was very historic, very proud to be a part of that, very proud to be an Eagles fan. That encompassed so much the past two weeks that Yeah, I have lost focus a little bit politically, and I've also been working a lot of hours at the job. And I've come to some stunning realizations about where I am in my professional life and my personal life that uh, things are becoming a little bit hazy for me. More details on that some other time. Um, But I, I really do appreciate you all listening. And I'll see you all again next Friday where I'm going to have a jam-packed episode that lasts definitely into the 45-minute to an hour range. Love you guys.